Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to worship at North Coast United Methodist Church. It's great to see everyone gathered here to, today, and it's great to have folks gathered online as well. It's a great day to gather together and worship the Lord. Before we get into worship time, though, let me go through some kind of community business. Um, the flowers today and the flowers last week were for Scarlet and Lily for mom and dad, just because. And I don't see either one of them. Oh, well, at least one of them hurt. <laughs> so thank you for flowers for the, from the, for the kids. A uh, couple of special announcements. We've been collecting socks that Mike and Mary Lou take and donate to Brother Benos or to other places where homeless folks have the opportunity to have clean, new, fresh socks. Um, there, there's a basket. There's a collection today. And next week is the last week for this season. So everybody who wanted to participate that you've got one more week to get some socks into the basket. And speaking of collections, um, we collected for the college kids. The boxes have been sent. So there's very happy college kids out and about. Um, taking a look at reviewing the calendar for upcoming opportunities to participate together in community activities. First of all, don't forget there are goodies, refreshments over at the side table. So help yourselves during the service. The pastor promises he won't be offended. In fact, he's probably participating as well. Um, and later today, from 3 to 5, we have a bunch of the district youth coming to participate in the Lenten Youth um, Prayer Stations. Pastor, you said maybe 30? Yeah, maybe about 30 kids will be here from 3 to 5 this afternoon participating in that activity. Um, looking at Tuesday at 10 o'clock is Bible study. And at 5, well, more like 3.30 in the afternoon on Tuesday is when the Operation Hope dinner preparations will, will begin. And then serving dinner is about 5 o'clock over at the Operation Hope site. And on, let's see, looking ahead a little further, next Sunday, week from today, after church, is the next one community board meeting. And again, everybody's invited to come and hear what kinds of things are, are um, projected that we're looking for help with or things that need to be done to take care of the church. So next Sunday after church is the next opportunity to do that. You'll notice it's about once a month. On Friday the 8th of March is the next lunch bunch at Cafe Rosarita at noon, noonish. okay. Thank you. So that's the next opportunity if you're available at noonish on Friday the 8th, Cafe Rosarita on Oceanside Boulevard. On, um, let's see, Sunday the 10th, not only do the clocks change, but that's also the next uh, Together in Worship in the evening. So should have the new time well adjusted by then. So Together in Worship on the 10th. Uh, let's see, looking ahead for the following week on Tuesday the 19th at about 6.30 p.m. For those of you who might still be up that late. I know, that's late, but 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> 6.30 p.m. on Tuesday the 19th is the next Together Out in Town. Um, no location yet for whatever little coffee shop or restaurant will, will be the gathering site. But that's on Tuesday the 19th at about 6.30 p.m. And then even looking further out, uh, next district youth thing that will be here is on May 18th. It's a Saturday. And it's um, camping opportunity study. Anyway, that's all I have there. The meeting on May 18th will be quite exciting for us. It's actually also conference related. The conference board of camping is going to set up in our backfield all their stuff. So this will be a chance to give our kids a chance to understand what district and co conference camping is. It'll be a way for us to interact with the kids in the community to come over and that might become very interested in why is there a climbing wall in our backfield. So there's a lot of exciting things for that. One thing I will point out, and I kind of need to know because I don't know what I'm doing. If you receive the email about the district hockey game with the goals and you are going, can you tell me? Because my son and I are trying to figure out what we're doing. So if we have some friends going from North Coast, we'll be there to cheer the goals on with you. If we don't have friends going, we might have a father and son evening. So I want to know if I'm going to be with you in community or not. So please email me this week before March 1st, and I, I'll be able to set my schedule with yours. I believe that's all of the announcements for this morning. So is there any prayer requests for today? No, I lied. Jen has an announcement, but she's going to share it when she comes forward for the music. So uh, be ready for that announcement. Is there any prayer requests? Yes, ma'am. Um, a friend in our Prayers for, for Vicki Haynes. Yes. No, I need some help because I didn't write down names. What is the name of Jan's friend who worked? Yeah. Zell. Please be in prayer with Zell's family. Zell did pass away. So please be in prayer for an entire community of friends who are connected to her through Beach Break and other, other civic things. Please be in prayer for them. Yes, Jen, for... Many prayers. What was her name again? Stephanie Bliss. Stephanie Bliss. Any other prayers? I'm going to save my prayer request for the sermon. Let's join together in prayer. Precious and loving God, be with us, move through us. Speak in our hearts, Lord. And in your son's precious name I pray. Amen.
We have one friend here, so I'm going to do it. And I want everybody to participate. I want you to think about places that you see banners. Where do you see banners at? Anybody? Yes, sir. Oh, there's a banner. Yeah, our lovely cross and flame. Where else do you see banners at? Sports games. Some people wave Padres banners. I don't know why. <laughs> After these first three preseason games, I might bury my Padres banner. Spring training. You know, that's a reminder. It's just, it is just spring training. Where else do we see banners at? In kids' bedrooms. I used to hang out banners of all my favorite uh, pop singers when I was growing up. Yes. So we have all these places that we raise banners and we hold them high for everyone to see. And something about a banner proclaims something that's very special to us. Whether it be the sports teams that we're disappointed in or some kind of music that we love or the beautiful cross and flame that proclaims the Holy Spirit that runs in our lives. We have all sorts of places that we hold up banners. So today, when we move into our sermon, we are going to talk about the banners that we hold up. Now, in the Sunday school lesson today, they're going to learn about someone who took time to do something that was right. And two other people walked by and they didn't do what was right. Well, one person stopped, took time, spent time, and cared. And through that caring, they held out a banner of support. So for our dear friends in Sunday school, enjoy the lesson. And as we proclaim the banners we hold, may the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with us all. Amen.
Three, four, four. Four, four. Three, four, four. Okay, this is what I don't know.
to worship. From generation to generation, God calls, uh, God calls to us. In hope and faith, God walks before us. Christ calls us to pick up our cross and follow. 
In covenant and love, God promises us grace. Christ carries us forward into life anew. Please be seated. Prayer time with the Lord and with the Lord's prayer. God of Abraham and Sarai, you call us across the span of time. Open our minds that we may discern your call. Open our hearts that we may grow in your promise. Grant us hope and trust to walk in your ways. Raise us up to be the children of your promise, people of your covenant, and disciples who follow your every lead. Let's pray the Lord's prayer as Jesus Christ has taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For then is the kingdom and the power and forever. Um, hear these words of assurance. God of grace and glory, pick us up and lead us forward. When doubt and despair causes us to stumble on our journey with Christ, dress us with a faith that hopes against all hope that we may trust your promises and walk in your ways.
Thank you, Mr. Nick. I'm reading the Bible reading today to give him time to catch his breath. So our reading today is from the book of Mark, uh, chapter 8, verses 31 to 38. And Jesus predicts his death. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. Do, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses a life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. These are the words of God for the people of God. Let's join together in prayer. Precious and loving God, as we exist in your grace, be with us. Precious and loving God, as you move with us through grace, sustain us, guide us, point us in directions that we never fathomed going, Lord. Be with us in this time of conversation and prayer. And in your Son's precious and loving name, we pray. Amen. Nick, Paul's going to be real happy when he watches the video today. Thank you for that. Paul is doing quite well in Idaho. I got a picture of Paul this week feeding cows. And if there was ever a dear friend that fit the image of feeding cows, it's Paul Tiller. He had his cowboy hat on, family members with him out feeding cows. So I'm quite proud and happy for Paul today that he's there with his family, a little bit closer to family. I almost said loved ones, but that would not have been a factual statement. We are loved ones to Paul. And he may be far away from this collection of loved ones, but Paul appears to be very happy with his sister and family and out on the ranch. So... Pray for Paul, please. And Nick, thank you for that gift today. Thank you. 
I want us to think about the gifts that we provide to other people because there are many varying gifts that we share with friends in our community, and those gifts come from many different varying places. It could come from a musical gift like Nick shared with us today and sharing tunes and harmonies and even taking a gift that another person has provided him and combining those gifts together so that blessings can be shared. Nick, you probably gave a better example of my sermon today than I will, but I'm going to speak anyway. (laughs) We get to see how gifts twine together and strengthen each other so that we can touch souls. The scripture today points towards a conversation. And this conversation points towards the narrative of Jesus Christ sharing his actions that will create what we will move forward acknowledging as sustaining or sanctified grace. And we begin to see Jesus Christ share how his narrative and actions will intertwine with our own actions so that grace can be shared in such a radically different way that it'll begin to touch more hearts and begin to feed the spirits of others so that the narrative of becoming the hands and feet of God becomes more sustainable in the ways we respond to it. This week... Just out of happenstance. Now, I follow the lectionary with my scripture. Then they don't write the sermons for me, but they take the effort away of me picking the verses that I teach. But out of happenstance this week, as I wrestled through this scripture, I moved into moments that I began to see displayed what it means when the body of Christ becomes so compelled that they step out to serve and to be the image of Christ. I do this thing that's done through the national church, through the Rethink Church program, and it's a word a day program. And one of the words this week was rise. Rise. In my prayer and service, When I thought about the word rise, I thought about the individuals who stand up and move to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ for the greater community. And just out of happenstance, I flipped through my phone, I looked through my messages, and I saw a text that I received from Mike and Mary Lou Castoro of this collection of friends at Brother Benno's um, uh, care facility there to celebrate serving and giving food to other individuals that day. And that was a picture I used for Rise this week. Now, there may be an inside joke in that because y'all rise up real early on Monday mornings to go and serve. And there is an image of individuals rising up to share a gift with others who so direly need it Thank you for sustaining the Brother Benno's mission that exists as a part of North Coast United Methodist Church. Thank you. I want us to look at this narrative, and we're going to look at Peter very specifically for a few moments. 
Because as we look at the narrative of Peter's existence, Peter is us. Peter exists within a connection to humanity, not just the joys and the celebrations, but also the wounded spirit of wounded care and desired service to go out and be an image of a caregiver. I want us to think about what Peter is dealing with as he hears Jesus Christ share about the crucifixion. And I want us to think about it in our lives as well. We have a blessing as we sit here in this room today. We have a blessing that we know the entire story. Who is it? The radio guy, the rest of the story? Who is that? Paul Harvey. We know the Paul Harvey rest of the story. But Peter didn't. Peter is on this journey in the moment dealing with his emotions because Jesus Christ is not just the Redeemer of the world to him. Jesus Christ is his friend. And within this moment, Peter is hearing his friend talk about his demise. There was a funny moment that happened earlier during choir practice today. And uh, during choir practice, I was referred to as the dearly departed pastor. (laughs) I did, did not volunteer to die. Thank goodness Jesus Christ already took care of that. But there is a narrative of sincerity in that statement. It's a narrative of sincerity that Peter has to deal with as he is dealing with this story. Peter is not dealing with the Redeemer of the world as he hears Christ share about his passing. Peter is dealing with his friend as he hears the narrative of what Christ is sharing. I want you to think in your life, the emotions that would stir in your spirit if not the Redeemer of the world, but your friend is sharing this narrative. I've heard this scripture referred to so frequently in a negative context. I've heard people stand on street corners and proclaim the devil to get behind them because they are hearing words and statements that they don't agree with. We have heard negatively through time that the devil has taken over this dear soul's voice and the devil is speaking through them. We even heard it through humor. We all heard Flip Wilson say, the devil made me do it. Well, maybe not all of us. Kelly, you know who Flip Wilson is. I am that old. (laughs) I'll show you some videos later. He's funny. He's funny. But we heard the devil made us do it. So we've heard this narrative shared so many times that it poses this drastically negative narrative. But I need us to know what Peter is actually dealing with as he shares it. And Peter displays this Every time that he steps out, Peter is my guy 
because Peter shows the vulnerable actions of what it means to deeply care about something else. Let's think about the next part of the narrative that exists within the journey of Peter. Peter, very soon as we go through Holy Week, is going to be challenged. Peter is going to be in front of a community of people, and Peter is going to be asked a very simple phrase, do you know him? And Peter will say three times, I do not. But again, let's look at the entire narrative of Peter. Let's don't look at Peter as a person that knows the Redeemer, but look at Peter as the individual that knows a friend. Now this friend has entrusted Peter with a message that Peter has to take care of. And what is the consequences that Peter has to contend with if he outs himself as a friend of the Christ? Persecution, imprisonment, and death. So when we see Peter in this moment of vulnerable pain, being asked the question, being a person that is tasked to care for a narrative, to keep it going, I feel that Peter only had one answer that he could give. If he does not want to be imprisoned and killed and to carry this narrative further, the only answer that Peter could give was no. A vulnerable soul carrying a message that's important. We look at Peter and we see the narrative message. We hear, get behind me, Satan. And we see the one that has denied Christ three times. But what is the other narrative that Jesus gives Peter. In Matthew 6.18, Christ gives Peter his entire identity. Not just the one that Christ said, get behind me. And not just the one that denied Christ three times. That person, that vulnerable servant, gets his entire narrative when Christ looks him in the eyes in front of everyone and says, you, Peter, are my servant, the rock of the church. I want you to hold that entire identity. Since that we started this season, I have been sharing with you people finding the wholeness of their identities. I started with Christ himself finding his wholeness in his identity as being the Son of God. We looked at the narrative of other people's response to Christ being and the challenge of finding the wholeness of their identities through this journey. And today, we see a person who loved a friend and who was afraid of what they were sharing. Today we see a person that was entrusted with a narrative to take care of and would do anything possible to maintain that narrative. And then we hear Christ give him his full identity. You are Peter, the rock of the church. I want you to hold that 
within yourselves because we all exist in places of vulnerable identities. There are all times that we stand in places and we get asked these questions and we have to decide, are we brave enough to answer the question or do we preserve the narrative because it's not time yet? That's another reality that Peter really had to deal with. It's a narrative I actually fully respect because the confusion that Peter, the one that knew a friend, and maybe not so holy the Redeemer, is dwelling in a moment of confusion. And can you imagine that confusion spreading to other people? Would you not also go to your friend and say, hey, come here a minute. Can we talk about this? Because I don't understand. They might not understand. And then what are we going to do? Peter's trying to help his friend. He's trying to have the conversation that's needed to help his friend. And within that conversation, it is returned of, I know what I'm doing, and this is how it has to go. I want you to maintain that narrative. Because yes, this verse has been used negatively in the words, the devil made me do it. Yes, this Scripture has been used in negative places as we look at the one that denied Christ three times. But I want you to know that yeah, Peter did all that. And what did Christ say to Peter? You are the rock in which I will build my church. We deal with these narratives. And then Christ extends this conversation not just to Peter, but to everyone that's sitting around Him and listening. And Christ begins to share this narrative of what it means to take up a cross and to follow Christ. What it means to take up a cross and to follow Christ. I want you to be a moment. And I want you to be the vulnerable Peter as you step into this moment. I want you to pray over what cross that you are being called to carry. We all move in our lives into vulnerable situations. We're looking for a target to aim for so that we can have a centralized focus on what it means to fully live into our beings as the hands and feet of the church. And we are the vulnerable souls that will deny we are the vulnerable souls that will run up to our friend and say, would you please think about what you're saying right now? We exist in those vulnerable moments and we are called in that vulnerability to pick up a cross and carry it to the greater world. Within this section of this scripture, there's a word that exists in it and that word is life. Their life. For whoever wants to save their life. That word can be interpreted in different ways. And that word life doesn't just mean living and being and existing with others. It also means soul and spirit. I want you to think a minute about what your soul and your spirit is steering you towards. 
Yesterday, I had the blessing of being a part of the Fresh Expressions training. And it's this narrative of how that we can take our souls and our spirits into new places. To use an outline and a narrative of trying something new, but to bring into that outline and that narrative the passions of our souls and our spirits. If we know where that we are compelled and drawn toward, when we can lean into our souls and our spirits, we can do magnificent things. And through the example of Peter, we can do that within our vulnerable, feared moments and still be the hands and the feet of the church. Where is your soul? Where is your spirit? Where are you being compelled to step forward and to be? Is it early in the morning at Brother Benno's or later on in the evening at Operation Hope? Or is it going to be this afternoon playing with a bunch of kids and hope they don't run over top of you? Where is your spirit calling you? Is it to take a gift that a dear friend gave you and to use it to share a musical gift with others? What cross do you carry? See, we even hear that narrative. What cross do you carry? And we impose a negative narrative to it. This is the cross, the burden that I am compelled to carry. But that is not the focus. If we look at this word as a soul or a drive, carrying a cross is not narrative. Negative. There is a potential of growth and freedom that can come through carrying a cross for others. And then what happens? What happens when we find that sustained grace, that sanctification and sharing this message that we are stirred by, that we are compelled by? Well, hopefully we can begin to get the world to listen to things that are wrong and start to do some things that are better. Here's the prayer request that I didn't share in the prayer today. And Margaret isn't here to make fun of me so that I'm going to start crying, but I will because it's real to me. I'm going to take a dip, deep breath and I'm not going to stop talking. I'm just going to go with it. Last week, a dear soul died. Your soul went to the bathroom at their school. And was beaten up and died. And that's wrong. Because somewhere, someone took the narrative of my Christ and it skewed it. They used words of a Christ of hate and drove people to a point that they were justified in their actions to go beat someone up. And that's wrong. And today, there's one less person because my Christ narrative was misrepresented. The vulnerable hurt and pain that I feel today, I'm honest with you, I'm going to tell you straight out. When I'm going to say next his name too. When I hear the narrative 
of next Benedict's life, I hear a friend that liked to play Dungeons and Dragons, that wanted to have their narrative, that smiled to anyone that came to them. And where I say the name next Benedict, do you know whose name I hear? Hunter Davis. We have to pick up our crosses because sometimes the negativity and the hurt gets us skewed so badly that it kills someone. That it kills someone. Friday night, I took my cross to a vigil. Hunter and I went, and I got to hear these vulnerable, hurt voices share their narrative. I got to hear these vulnerable, hurt voices share the fear that exists in their lives. Because somewhere in some place, three people received a narrative that justified their actions that day. And whether or not it was their actions that led to the passing of next Benedict, it still happened. And it was still wrong. And that harm spreads very quickly. And it's not always LGBTQIA. It's also gender inequality. It's racial inequality. Individuals of color... There is fear that exists because individuals take a narrative and excuse so harmfully that this happened. I stood next. Harry Chapin isn't my main hero anymore. I stood next to Hunter Davis talking about his story. That boy's my hero. Because when we can get in these moments of the vulnerable honesty of what we have to deal with, the vulnerable honesty of our fears, we can take up our crosses and carry them for other people. And those crosses will lead to a resurrection if we carry our crosses within the correct narrative. I stood up on Friday night. I want you to know what I said, and I, I stood up and just said it, so I'll probably mess it up, but I want you to know what I said. Because this is something that our dear friends need to hear. There's warning signs going off, and we've got to speak through them. I stood up that evening, and I shared. I know that a lot of you see, I'm actually, all right, I did wash my clothes. I am wearing the same clothes I wore Friday night. I stood up in my clothes and I shared, I know a lot of you saw me walking over. You saw a guy with a collar and a jacket and you were wondering one thing. What is he going to do? What is he going to do? I wanted to come over and share with you, dear friends, that I know at times that the image that I hold becomes an image of hurt to you. And I want to tell you that I'm sorry. I'm sorry that the narrative that I live that gives me freedom has been so drastically misrepresented that it hurts you. I am sorry that the...
image that I represent has been so harmfully misrepresented that we have one less friend today. I want you to know that I'm sorry. I want you to know that I'm also sorry. And now I need to break into the narrative and share with you. There was two people there that night wearing collars. So I continued this narrative. I want you to know that I'm sorry that there's two people here that you can look at and see what we believe in. I'm sorry that there's two people here that are sharing a narrative with you that is the true narrative of love and carrying a cross of freedom and care for other people because it should not be weird or awkward that an individual that represents love and peace would be standing with you. It should be the norm. But it's not. I'm sorry. There were so many narratives that I heard that night of family members and faith representatives that have hurt other people. And the ones that hurt me the most is you see the picture of me standing next to my boy. It's the one of family members that have shoved people aside. So I concluded the narrative in the only way that Drew Davis could. I want you to know that everyone here has said that your family doesn't love you. I'm your family. I want you to all know that your dads that push you aside, I'm your dad. So brush your teeth, eat your vegetables, get to bed on time, and I love you. I want you to tell me, email me, call me. I want to know what cross you carry. I'm trying so drastically hard to be transparent about mine because I have to be, because I'm a transparent. And I have to be. Please share with me what cross you carry. Whisper it to me when you take communion today. On the night in which Christ gave himself up for us, he proclaimed a message of carrying a cross of freedom. On the night in which Christ gave himself up for us, he proclaimed a narrative of sharing a message that creates freedom. On the night in which that he gave himself up for us, he shared the narrative of a sacrifice that creates freedom. On the night in which Christ gave himself up for us, he took the meal, the Passover feast, he raised the bread. He raised it above his head and he shared it with those around him and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you eat it, do it in remembrance of me. And on that day, he took the cup and he raised the cup and he shared it with those around him and said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my covenant given for you and all for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. So today in these gifts of bread and cup, we offer ourselves as a sign of thanksgiving, as a sign of a living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith, that Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Precious God, please take these gifts of bread and cup and make them be as your body and blood for us. As we go out into the world to be your body for others, as we carry the crosses, not of regret, but the crosses of a resurrection so that your freedom can be given to the world. 
In your Son's precious and loving name, I pray. Amen. Please come forward to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ.
prayer of giving. Bless us and our gifts this day, that we may be a blessing even unto the ends of the earth. As these gifts go forth into the world, may the ministries they support help others walk with you, O God. May those touched by this offering recognize the great love and grace that leads us all people on the path of life. Amen. Please stay standing for our song, Cornerstone.
as we as we move into our time of our benediction, I want you to turn. I'm going to give you a project, I mean, and I am going to quote Harry real quick. One of my favorite things that Harry Chapin shared is, "Our lives are meant to be lived fully, and our lives are never fully lived until that we live for others." So before you leave, I want you to turn to your friends and I want you to share with them your passion. You may not have proclaimed it as your cross yet, but you got a passion. I want you to share your passion with someone next to you. And as your passions are fed and spread, hopefully they can become the crosses that changes lives. So may the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God is love. Hey, you got somebody to share that passion with, too. Fitness. My passion's travel. Travel? Different cultures, different.